All right. Jesus, we thank you for this amazing opportunity we have together today to be inspired by your story through Scripture, uh, inspired by Advent, really, today, that as we seek and as we celebrate together today, that each of us would find just a sense of peace, a renewed joy, uh, an inspiration this season, this day that would uh, take us into tomorrow with the ability to just be love, to be light, to be Advent to those around us. We just ask that we just feel closer to one another and closer to you through our conversations, our discussions, the teaching today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, thanks to anybody who came out last night to the Christmas party. We had a good time. Uh, some of us a little too good a time. And you need, if you see the pictures of those who were playing foosball, you need to ask them about it because it got violent. It was amazing. Um, it's the Advent season, and so again, we've got a calendar at the back of readings if you want to follow along. Otherwise, if you have a voice translation, it's in the back of the voice uh, or front, somewhere in there. There's a, a list of readings, but it's tapping into this season of, of celebration. We've got two seasons in the Christian calendar, really, that uh, one is this season of celebration where together we're filled and we celebrate, and then the Lenten season is a time to uh, tap into the suffering around us, the suffering of Christ, the season of mourning. So we have this celebration and then mourning to inspire us to live differently, to look at the world differently, to uh, see what's going on. Uh, and we've been going on a pretty interesting... I always feel bad for the people who don't make it every single week because everything kind of builds always. It's not really a series, but there's this like continual... Everything kind of rolls from the next, but all the podcasts are online if you want to listen. Uh, but today I wanted to talk about a little more of this, this waiting and anticipation as being part of this season. Um, I remember when uh, the idea of Bloom was born, I just couldn't shake, I couldn't shake it like it was like this, something... We needed to do something. Uh, I remember it was a season of where I was working, the church I was working at. It was just before September. It's the busiest season for most churches. Um, you're not allowed to take any time off of work. And I remember I just was like, oh, my God, I've got to get away and think for a second. And so I just was like, Amy and I are leaving this week. We're taking a week off. We need to, I just need to go think and figure some things out. No, like you can't take time off. I'm like, yeah, I'm not asking. But I'll be back in a week, and I'm sure everything will be fine. And I just left. And we went to Duluth, where we grew up. And I remember we sat on the beach on Lake Superior. And I just journaled, and we asked questions, and we talked. And I prayed, and I was like, oh, my God, I think, I think we need to start something. I think we need to help make something different. And it's freaky, and you don't know what to expect. And you're excited but panicky at the same time. Uh, and then you got to wait. you got to start, okay, this thing is a tiny idea. How do we turn it into something? What does that look like? You go through hard conversations where people are like, what? What's happening? What's going on? Why are you leaving? Why are you doing this? All the <clears throat> stuff that comes with this idea that turned into bloom then one day. That uh, Really from that time on the beach, it was a, about one year later that uh, we found ourselves starting bloom. I remember how similar it was to finding out that we were pregnant with Mia one 
we were teenagers a year out of high school and you're just like okay yeah this wasn't planned but neither was the idea of starting the church this wasn't like a, I've wanted to be in ministry since I was little I actually have ministers or ministry in the family I wanted nothing to do with it and thought I had I couldn't that I didn't qualify and so this wasn't like this steadfast dream it wasn't all of a sudden I'm pregnant with an idea oh crap and then an idea that won't go away that's growing whether I can help it or not and crap what do you do with this and it's different for me. It's not crap what you do, but you're a kid. So there's a little bit of, there's that same, there's, there's panic, there's excitement, there's, okay, this, this changes everything, but there's this waiting period. And as we talk about Advent and as we talk about Mary and as we uh, are, are we're, we're tapping into this growing hope and something going on, if we don't talk about pregnancy a little more honest and even look at ways to, in our own life, like, is there a dream in there, is there something, and maybe it's physical pregnancy, but maybe is there something else that you're pregnant with? A divine idea, a divine passion that is exciting and it's scary, or maybe we're neglecting it at times, maybe we don't want anything to do with it. But I think when we think of these ideas of the season of Advent, we think like, oh, it's just going to be glorious. It's all going to be twinkle lights and it's going to be presents in the tree. And when we get there, God will do something that's amazing. And pregnancy is not that. It is not just amazing moments in the anticipation and in the excitement of yes something beautiful is 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 growing there is uh belly stretching and babies kicking and morning sickness and all this kind of stuff and you read the passages about mary and you're like a man wrote this about the pregnancy part and jesus being born and you're like we have neglected completely like all the other things and we're tapping into this anticipation of Mary this season as part of Advent of this, this waiting for this promise to come. Yet we don't seem to talk about how her belly is stretching to hold the weight of this baby that's getting bigger, how she feels him squirm and settle and move like no one else had any idea of what's going on inside of her, how her organs are getting pressed by his body. She's short of breath. She's got to pee all the time. She can't find a comfortable spot to sleep at night. She wonders if she can stretch any more without bursting. And yet one day, then we see Jesus is born. And the picture is this manger that's sterile, clean straw. And you're like, birth is, I have never seen a clean, like that was just beautiful and clean. Like it's, it's messy and it's beautiful. And it's, there's something beautiful. And so in talking of anticipation and dreams, how can we not be aware of the reality that it's hard as well. And there's a pain and there's a stretching and there's something else going on. And if we're not being honest and open and talking about that stuff, then we're only looking for roses. And if it's not just this padded gold highway to our dream that we're pregnant with, then we just get disappointed. We lose faith. We find it a season of depression instead of a season that inspires us to something else. I remember the Pope, uh, Benedict, the 16th, I heard him talking about Mary. And he says that she represents this little Hebrew girl 2,000 years ago, yet she represents every single one of us today at the same time. It's this, there's something tangible that we can connect to in this season with looking at the mother of Jesus. Um, I'm going to read from the beginning here. In Luke 1, we've been in Luke the whole time, We've been in Luke for probably a couple months because the name is great, so his writing must be amazing. No, he, 
He starts his story, and we've been talking about this thing. Like, I know other people have written accounts of Jesus' life, but I felt compelled. I had to share my version. I had to, sh- I had to share what my perspective was, what happened to me, what I saw, what I felt, what I did. And so he writes this account. And it's so much similar to what we're doing here as a community. We felt compelled to be a part of a church that looked different than what else was out there, that accepted different, that decided to dialogue, that decided to just do it different, no matter how funky or weird the person sitting next to you is. This is what we find ourselves in. And in Luke one twenty six, he starts talking about his pregnancy. It says, In Nazareth, the heavenly messenger Gabriel makes another appearance. This time he was sent by God to meet with a virgin named Mary who was engaged to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David himself. The messenger entered her home. Says to her, greetings, you are favored and the Lord is with you. Mary, don't be afraid. You have found favor with God. Listen, you're going to become pregnant. You will have a son and you must name him Savior or Jesus. Because Jesus will be the greatest among men. This holy child will be known as not just your son, but also as the Son of God. And then he goes on, because she's freaking out. She's like, it's impossible. I'm a virgin. And he tells her, the impossible is possible with God. And the next sentence is, deciding in her heart, Mary says, here I am, the Lord's humble servant. As you've said, let it be done unto me. Now to be funny and not funny at the same time, I actually do like that there is consent in the scriptures. That this is not just, I've heard people describe it as like, oh, God just came and just took over Mary and she had no, no. She listened and she says, you know what? All right, let's do this thing. Like, let, let it be done unto me. And we, we, get, we find inspiration from this. It's, all right. And we're talking about dreams in our own lives or even pregnancy. There, it's this, all right, I'm I'm in. I'm in. On this thing. I'm in on this dream. I'm in on this plan. I'm in on this passion. I'm in on helping this, this group that needs God's love and justice and whatever. Whatever is going on, on the inside, there's this moment where you've got to buy in, the buy in moment where you're like, okay, I'm in. Let's, let's, let's do this, God. Let's start this path. Let's start this road. Mine happened on a beach in Duluth where I was almost had diarrhea because I was so nervous about, like, are we really going to do this? This is going to change everything. Oh my God, like, what? I think it's funny we get, uh, some people get all jazzed up about the virgin birth part of this thing. Like, oh, this immaculate conception, this is such like an interesting, like, why did we go there? I don't believe this, I don't not. Whether it is true or not, I am really inspired that it is an immaculate conception because most other parts in society or even scripture sometime, if it wasn't something like this, it would have turned into, oh, the angel came down to Joseph, he touched his amazing manly sperm, and made it godly, and look what the man of God produced. You would forget all about Mary. It wouldn't be about Mary. It would be about this touched man who's just got heaven all over his seed that is able to produce Jesus. No, we take the man completely out of the picture, and it's God and this little girl. And it's little girl. We're talking 12, 13, 14. She's young. She's engaged to be married, but this isn't like, a, oh, I'm in love with Joseph. Like, I would love to. It's her mom and dad saying, I think we've chosen Joseph for you. And you're like, okay, can I meet him? We'll have him over for dinner next week. Like, your fingers crossed. Like, I hope he's nice. Like, here we go. There wasn't this divine consent. It's probably the first time someone showed up in her life and was like, 
what do you think about this? How would you like to get on this dream? And she opts in. She's like, yes, let's do this, even though she knows it's going to be hard. The story goes on. Joseph is, says he'll divorce her in hiding for a moment because he doesn't want to make a big deal of it, although he probably doesn't want to make a big deal of it because it's going to make him look foolish as well. Is it noble? Is it not? I don't know. But it's a mess. It's this little girl who now finds herself in a mess, yet at the same time part of this divine story, this divine promise, something bigger going on. His entrance into humanity is walking. He doesn't just walk in our shoes. He comes into this in, the, in a story with a little girl, a teenager who's got faith like a child because she is a kid. She believes God. She enters in. She opts in. She's, she's part of this story now. And the scriptures say, Blessed is she who's believed that the Lord, what he said to her, will be accomplished. And then we got this nothing is impossible with God that the angel's saying. There's, there's something divine happening in our midst. She believed what God said he would do. And that's what faith is. It's this little mustard seed of like, let's do this. Let's try this. Let's, let's grab this. Let's, I see something or feel something or have a dream or I'm thinking about having a kid. And we grab this idea and we decide to run with it. We opt in. God's on our side. And we're going for this now. That's as simple as faith needs to be. It doesn't need to be this drummed up, outlandish proposition where we write a contract to the divine or we march around or we tell people or we, we make a scene. It's this little decision in our heart where we're like, man, I think I can do this. I'm in. Let's go with this God. And so I guess as we're, as we're going into this, we've got to ask ourselves, what is it that you've maybe stopped believing God for? What is it that you've not seen answered and so you've given up on? What situation seems so impossible you've just decided to not pray or believe or go there anymore? We feel the pangs of pregnancy or we see it ahead and you're like, ah, I don't know if it's worth that pain. And Mary had to deal with not just physical pain, but she had some social outcast stuff to deal with. And so is it, is it what people are thinking? Is it, is it we just want to coast through life and we don't want to stretch? We don't want to have anything tugging us? But is there something on the inside that you felt that you're like, man, I think there's something there, something I should do, something I should see, but we've just given up on it? Because as Advent is stirring hope and seeing more of Jesus in society, it's also seeing more of Jesus in us, and that's how I see so much of this coming, is these little divine whispers, these, these sparks, these inspirations, these little seeds of a divine idea that are birthed on the inside of us. And yes, if you don't follow this, the world isn't going to collapse and God just lost everything. Like he gives, he just scatters seed out, plentiful. Like there's, there's other ideas that will come. But what if we believed? What if we had this kind of faith and went into this? Because this is a story about trusting and it's about waiting and it's about delivering through pain. And even in rough surroundings where society is like, eh, what? I don't know if this is what you should look like because we think you should look like this. Or we think you should act like this. We think your job should look like this. Your job security should look like this. The people you hang around should look like this. We love to box people into an ideal. But if we're following this divine seed, this spark, this seeing more of Jesus in us and our surroundings, Jesus didn't look like 
any boxes they tried to put him in. And so the chances of you looking like society's box, if you're following along with this, are pretty slim. I want to read a few verses to us here. Ephesians 2.10 says, We're the product of his hand. Heaven's poetry is etched on our lives. We are created in the anointed Jesus to accomplish the good works God arranged long ago. There's so many of these verses that seem to point that, like, that you weren't just thrown here nonchalant, that there was ideas and potential, and he saw you before he even created the world, it says in times. He's like, yeah, Shira's got something. Like, wait till 2017 sees this girl in action. And like, wow. A divine seed is put in the, in the hearts of her parents, and all of a sudden Shira's with us, and these divine ideas keep coming. Ephesians 3.20, he says, he's able to do far more abundantly and beyond all that we may ask or think. There's even parts that says that it's good that Jesus goes so he sends his Holy Spirit inside of us because we're going to be able to do greater things than he did. If we believe, if we go along. Mary heard a crazy story. That sounds like a crazy story to me. Greater things you and I will be able to do among our neighborhoods, our workplace, our friends, our family than Jesus would be able to do. Do we trust that? Do we go forward? Do we take a few steps and see how this is going? Do we prop each other up and be like, yeah, it's, it's not going to be easy and support and keep going? Philippians 3, 13 and 14 says, forgetting what lies ahead, what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal of the prize and the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. There's something about forget, like it doesn't matter what happened yesterday. It doesn't matter what your past has looked like, how procrastinator you are, what you've screwed up with you've been good at. Just put all that crap behind you and press forward. What would it look like if I followed God with whatever this idea is? If we, if we took this to the next step. It might be a business. It might be a different work idea. It might be a passion again for, for something missing or broken in the world. A, a social justice issue that we need people to stand up for that you've been wanting to do something but you're like ah, I just don't know if I should, if I've got the time, what my family would think. Whatever. Whatever this is each of us have got to search and be like, where's that spark that I'm either halfway running with and I'm nervous right now and needing the, the, a little extra faith or push or something that has been there for too long that I've wanted to do that I've just kind of let go. What is it? What can we stir with today? Hebrews 10.35 says, Do not abandon your confidence, which will lead to rich rewards. Simply endure, for when you've done all that God requires you, you will receive the promise. There's something about this endurance and having confidence in God. He never says it's going to be easy. We see Paul, this guy who writes most of the New Testament, talking about being bitten by snakes and stoned and shipwrecked and like tons of stuff that you're like, why would you do that or let that happen to you? And yet he's like, I still have confidence that we're winning, that, that we're more than conquerors, that God is with us, that it was worth all that kind of stuff. And so something is being birthed. Because you talk to a mom after pregnancy, when the baby's in her arms and she's looking in the eyes, she's like, oh yeah, it was worth that pain. Now later, when her husband makes, or wife or whoever it is, makes some dumb comment about childbirth, they can come back and be like, you have no idea. And they remember again, but the baby is always worth it. No matter what the pain was, what the journey, what the stretching, what the scarring, or whatever you still got going on, it was worth it in the end, Right? Like, who is laughing? Only moms with babies are laughing. The ladies who are thinking about having babies are like, damn it, do I really want to do this someday? Um, all right. So, 
we're pregnant with dreams, we might be, or it might come tomorrow. Maybe you don't have something today, but there's going to come a time. And I think this is a great season, if any, to slow down and listen and ask, is there something there? Maybe today you figure out, like, yeah, there is something. I know exactly what it is in my life as you're talking. It just comes to forefront. And other people are like, I don't know. Well, then you've got to listen. You've got to slow down. Take some time. Journal. Figure out what's going on. Pray. Because something might pop up. And if not now, it's going too soon. Each of us are a vessel to be the hands and feet of Jesus. So what's on the inside of us? We've got unrealized dreams, some of us. Maybe it is dreams that we're in the midst of right now. But I really believe that these are divine ideas, that God puts them there. That there's something he's excited, that we have the potential to pair up with him to go into this. But we run into trouble and these kind of things pop up. We either don't believe from the beginning, we're afraid of what people will think, or we think it's going to be easy and so we get sidetracked at any opportunity that seems to be hard, difficult, whatever. And we're like, well, this isn't what I signed up for. If God's in this, why is this not just a golden trail to what he's looking for? Um, And so do you find any of these? Do these show up? The society's pressures to look or act a certain way like are holding you back from telling your boss, I'm not working 80 hours a week anymore. I'm going to work 40. If you want to fire me, that's your prerogative, but it's going to be 40 because I've got a life and I've got other stuff I want to go after. And trusting that it's not just about trusting in money, that God will take care of us. Something's going to happen. I've been freaked out so many times because crap hit the fan and you're like, how are we, what are we going to do here? Like, how is this ever going to, and you look back on 39 years of life and there's never a time that it was too much or we couldn't handle things or whatever. Like, it just, it all works out. And hindsight's amazing. You're like, yeah, it always worked out, but you're looking forward again. You're like, oh my God, but this one is the one that's going to sink the ship. We're not going to make it through this. It's a part of a beauty of a community like this. Do we trust that we have each other's back? If it got so bad that someone really lost their home because we didn't pitch in to help pay for it in the meantime or whatever, that we wouldn't have basements or couches or parents that people could live with as we figured this stuff out, that we wouldn't bring meals to your house, that we wouldn't, because if we're not a community like this, then we're just playing Jesus, and this is a joke. And to be honest, I put in a lot of time and effort, laughter, tears, that if we're just playing and we don't want to do this for real, then we need to let me know, because... I need to figure out where that's happening at. And I think it's happening here. I'm in a group of people that inspires me every day to keep moving, to live differently. We've got this here. Chronicles says that same thing Hebrews kind of did. Second Chronicles says, be strong and don't give up. Your work is going to be rewarded. There's something about digging into this and figuring out what's going on. If there's any kind of spark right now on the 31st Christmas or New Year's Eve, we're having bloom service here. We're not on Christmas Eve because it, we just want the janitors to whatever. But New Year's Eve, you haven't partied yet. you got energy. We're having church that morning. But we're going to do it a little different too. We're going to teach. Um, but I want you to bring notebooks, pens, your favorite journal because there are going to be some moments of reflection during it as well. This may be something as a next step to what you're feeling at this moment maybe. But we're made in the image of the Creator and I feel like part of our DNA are little creators and that creation is a part of your life somewhere. I was in jiu-jitsu for six years, and part of this lifestyle of Japanese jiu-jitsu is that if you don't have a creative outlet, you will find, like, your life won't feel complete. Like, there'll just be this blockage that you won't even be able to practice this art form of self-defense right if you're not tapping into your creative output. And this isn't even a spiritual-based thing. There's something about where 
if we're made in the image of the divine, the divine is a creator and a lover, that there's going to be some of that in our life. And if it's not, we're just, we're putting something in a box or a drawer or under the bed or just shoving it aside that's there. And so what is our deal? What do we need to create and do? Maybe it's artistic expression. Maybe it's a business. Maybe it's just a lifestyle rearrange and change. Maybe it is, again, a heart for social justice. But expecting more of Jesus in our life and more of his kingdom in the world is going to require us rekindling or even starting that flame and listening to it and, and following that dream and using Advent as a time to stir this stuff up, to stir up hope, anticipation, expectation that will make 2018 a year where we're actually following after this and doing something and living differently. Courage like Mary to trust that God is with us and he's going to perform. And it doesn't matter what this looks like, how hard it looks. It's going to be worth it in the end. Let's be a community that rallies around each other, that supports each other, that not just the if crap hits the fan, but even the idea not to be the one to shoot it down and be like, you're crazy, do not do that. Like, just stick to your guts of casual, normal, what everything else looks like. Let's champion the let's do things differently. Let's, let's be here when we fall, but be here to celebrate even the little victories of taking the step forward and going after this stuff. Um, Jesus, we just thank you for this opportunity to be inspired by Advent. I know this is a stretch Sunday, that hope is stretching us to something else. And so we just ask that it would come easy by your spirit, that it would be a dream place in our heart, that you would reveal to each and every one of us, what's that little thing that we need to follow after more, that we need to trust you more, that we need to water that seed so it grows. Give us the courage to keep moving if it starts to get hard. Give us the faith like a little child to just trust that you're with us. We just ask that as we dialogue how hard this is and what's going on in our lives, that again, it just brings each and every one of us a new sense of courage and hope today that we can take into not just this season, but carry us into next year. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.